John Logan, welcome to the Bitcoin Source. Can we kick things off by having you introduce yourself to the audience, to the world? Sure, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, great to be here. Uh, John Logan, um, public servant, uh, enthusiast, Bitcoin enthusiast, uh, economic justice enthusiast. Uh, just happy to be here and have a conversation with you. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, much appreciated, John. And, um, you know, we usually start off on this show by asking people, like, how did they source their Bitcoin knowledge, whether it was books, courses, or even people in the Bitcoin ecosystem that might have inspired you. So could you give people, you know, your answer to what possibly might have, uh, you know, inspired you to source your Bitcoin knowledge? Yeah, man. Um, my knowledge came from, first off, it came from listening to people who I thought and who I believed who were respected people, um, patient people. Um, in the Bitcoin space, as we like to say. Um, but after I started getting references to books, then I just dove into books and I started reading uh, because it allowed me to move at my own pace. It, it allowed me to go, um, after I took notes, right? I would listen, take notes on paper. Literally, I, I, I sat and I listened to uh, uh, folks the like of, uh, you know, Lamar, uh, Big Mar and uh, the Black Bitcoin uh, Billionaire. Um, and all the people, not Roberts, all the people in that educational space. And I sat and I listened, I listened and I would listen for hours and I would just take notes, take notes on, on pad. And after that, I would get the references and I would read books I, and then I would come back and listen some more. Um, and then I would just keep listening more and, and read some more. It allowed me to move at my own pace. And then allowed me, uh, once I had um, enough knowledge to ask the right questions, to be able to speak knowledgeably enough to, to, to use the right nomenclature to ask the right question. So it was mainly, initially, it was listening to people who I thought who were patient and well-respected. And then after that, then I moved on to just reading books so I can move at my own pace and start defining some of these, you know, to be quite frank, some of these, you know, uh, the, the language that I was completely unfamiliar with that I'm still learning. So, um, yeah, that's how it started for me. Yeah. And, you know, I've been in rooms with you, clubs with you, and I've kind of seen your growth over time. Like you've come in and you've asked a lot of really pertinent questions and you asked questions from a perspective of someone that wasn't a quote unquote de facto Bitcoiner. And I always remember you talking about, you know, the people that don't know the protocol, don't understand the technology. They tend to ask the right questions because the people that think they're fancy or know everything about Bitcoin, they're not going to ask questions that the, you know, the layman or the lay woman might ask. So I appreciate you, John, for kind of coming coming into those rooms. I think you even hosted a room on BBB um, in regards to some things with nausea and Lamar. And like, I've just been seeing you hustling and kind of getting, getting, getting your experience in as a Bitcoiner and trying to use this to better your community. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I've been trying to connect in, you know, thanks for that number one, but you know, I've been trying to connect some important conversations. Um, when I start thinking about money and um, you know, property, I think about the history of uh, as it how that relates to me, money and property. Um, how I even got to this space uh, of thinking about money in a whole different uh, a realm. Um, but I always think of money, and those hard conversations are all about is money working for everyone. And um, I've done a lot of research and, and co-founded an organization that me and you spoke about uh, for a long time. And uh, just thinking about how banking, traditional finance, traditional um, uh, uh, banking has really been exclusive. And uh, once I started understanding real estate and property, um, then I started really uh, getting into some other things and understanding Bitcoin a little bit better. It just popped for me and it, it you know, it made sense. But I had to always bring the conversations I was in back to is this thing inclusive? Is it is it can it does it have the possibility to work for everyone? 
And so, um, yeah, you know, I always try to bring it back home. Is it working for everyone? Does everyone have equal access? Um, and uh, trying to give people the knowledge that they need to uh, make informed decisions because everyone's going to come into um, this knowledge at a different time uh, for different reasons. You know, for me, it was like, you know, um, you know, I was just tired of always having people with their hands in my pockets or feeling like everyone's always getting a cut off the top. And so uh, um, at a certain point, I was just like, there's got to be something something better. Uh, and so once I found that, I started understanding economics. Because Bitcoin starts off as a curiosity and then it rolls quickly into monetary policy and economics and all, the, all these things. And so, um, yeah, I was at the right time at the right place. Uh, um, and, and, you know, I just started digging. I'm still digging, still learning. Um, so, yeah. Speak, speaking of bringing it back home, I know that you're a New York City native and you know, my next question is, is what kind of inspired you to be one of the founders or co-founders of the Harlem Bitcoin meetup? Yeah. Um, Harlem Bitcoin uh, community or, you know, HarlemBitcoin.com is, is just, is just a bunch of Bitcoin enthusiasts that came together uh, with a particular set of um, desires to get done in New York. And, you know, uh, we knew right away that if you could do it in New York, you could do it anywhere. You know, if you could do it here, you could do it anywhere. So we have a particular set of challenges here in, in New York. You know, we got this bit license. You know, we have a particular set of, um, you know, laws that are kind of like not so Bitcoin friendly, um, not so proof of work friendly. And so, uh, you know, we we thought it would be best to um, kind of be first to market. Not that we're the only meetup that's going on, but um, clearly or Certainly, once you get into our meetups, you'll realize that we are Bitcoin only, Bitcoin specific um, only. We're not talking about crypto. We're not using any of this alternate language um, for alternate coins. But what inspired us was really understanding the very unique legislation that we have here in New York um, and, and wanting to really address that, uh, wanting to address that with some really deep um, civic engagement. And so that's kind of like my, uh, my wheelhouse. And then, um, of course, just trying to be um, really true to Bitcoin only, um, but keeping it very simple. And so um, our co-founders are, are made up of uh, working professionals, family people, um, uh, you know, software engineers, all different at all different levels. And so uh, but we are all very enthused about creating um, a, a Bitcoin Boulevard right in Harlem. And of course, the Harlem name uh, is a signal, of course, you know, we want to do this thing as we're branching out to Queens next. Um, we're going to move on to, you know, the other boroughs, Staten Island, Bronx, uh, Manhattan, other parts of Manhattan and in, in, in Brooklyn, of course. But Harlem is has always been the uh, the epicenter of entrepreneurship and business. And so, of course, that name was a signal um, as uh, we wanted to put Bitcoin on the map in a real uh, uh, native, uh, real natural way. Um, and, you know, we met very organically online. Uh, and once people knew that uh, they were speaking to New Yorkers right away, of course, New Yorkers have this way of, of bonding and we say, hey, let's let's meet up and, and really make this happen. So, you know, we meet up at Safari Restaurant over on 116th Street over in Manhattan. And, uh, you know, uh, one of our co-founders is the owner of that business. And, you know, we get there. We want to create 116th Street as uh, Bitcoin Boulevard, if if you will. And, uh you know, we're, we're, we're diving in with civic engagement. We're speaking with the community boards, um, the economic development and culture committees. Uh, we did, we, uh, we've done a presentation uh, there. And so we're really um, trying to get uh, very 
a very local, but very basic also. Um, the magic always happens, at least for me, when I speak to people like my wheelhouse is particularly speaking to the newbies, people who know nothing about Bitcoin. Um, people, uh, I have a way of trying to, um, you know, uh, connect the dots with legacy systems and what people are familiar with, because uh, everyone uh, kind of has a relationship with money, but they, you know, they don't understand money. And so you get people who are just coming into understanding money and you try to help them understand this new type of money, this digital financial revolution. It's something that um, it, it, the story needs to be told. It needs to be relatable uh, to someone that looks like you, who's been uh, through similar situations and kind of re can relate. And so um, the co-founders got together and, and our, our inspiration was just to try to bring it to the people in a very natural, simple way. Um, you, you, a lot of times people, you know, um, in the Bitcoin space, as you know, people just try to uh, impress each other, like with the, 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 the language, you know, and everyone just starts to talk more and more uh, language. And it, it just it can get technical and everyone can start trying to impress each other with how much more they know. And we want to stay away from that. So. Yeah, that's kind of what we wanted to do. Just give it to the basics and help people connect the, the old with the new um, and, and, and let the magic happen with um, demonstrations and how the actual technology works. So, yeah. You know, what I, what I love about your mission, John, is that, you know, you wear so many different hats. And another thing that I really love is that you're very unapologetic about what you stand for and what you want to do to build your community up. Yeah. And that always makes me think about another business that you're a co-founder of, which is Bank Black USA. And my question to you in regards to that company is, do you believe that Bitcoin will level the economic playing field for African-Americans? Yeah, uh, that's a great question, man. I, and I appreciate that. Um, I got to be un unapologetic because finance, uh, banking has never been equal. It's never been equal opportunity. So will it level the playing field? I, I believe it will. Um, as people adopt, um, as of right now, Bitcoin is just a tool. Um, in the right hands, it could do a lot. Um, but it just existing, it's not going to do anything for the person who doesn't know how to leverage it, just like any other financial tool. So, um, you know, Bank Black USA um, came in to existence in 2016, right uh, during uh, a series of very deadly police shootings in the black community. And uh, just like any other time when this when these type of things happen, these type of turmoils happen, um, people want to do something. People want to react. They want to do something. And so, um, you know, just like Dr. King did um, on April 3rd, 1968, he called for people when he was down in Tennessee, he called for people to move their money out of the downtown bank into the tri-state bank. Um, this was one of his last speeches. The very next day, Dr. King was assassinated um, on April 4th, 1968. But that clarion call Dr. King uh, was speaking to was asking people to uh, exercise their power of choice to a, an alternative. And that alternative were black banks who were serving them better. Black banks who were, um, had products in economic and financial tools that, that could better serve the black community. And for, for example, um, not sure how much of your audience knows, but I'm not sure how much anyone knows. Cause you know, these are the things that we're not taught in school. Um, you know, uh, my uncle coming out of the of Vietnam war, uh, had the means, but wasn't allowed to have uh, or capable to get a, you know, a federally insured home loan where he can acquire a uh, single family home. And, you know, single family home ownership or home ownership overall has been uh, one of the ways for people to uh, establish generational wealth. And so being able to have that uh, generational, uh, that tool, that home ownership has been a way to bequeath wealth down to uh, uh, your family, 
uh, it's been a way to uh, borrow or uh, build equity and then borrow against it to send your kids to school and so forth and so on. And so um, Bitcoin uh, is an alternative, just like uh, building on that concept of, of, of um, you know, exploring an alternative. Um, Bitcoin is an alternative to uh, an exclusive uh, economy that has been working uh, for some, but not for all. And so um, we have to explore it. We have to understand it. Uh, money is becoming more and more digital. Uh, we all know this. Um, and so we have to understand how this thing is working and understand that Bitcoin, uh, people have the power to now exercise um, their, their power of choice to, to have something different that could work, that, that cannot be taken away from you, it cannot be seized. And so I, absolutely, I think to answer your question directly, it, uh, Bitcoin can be a tool to level the economic playing field and steady the goalpost um, for black people, if knowing how to use it. And, you know, um, Isaiah Jackson, uh, co-founder of, of the BBB, wrote a book called uh, Bitcoin in Black America, which I've read as a phenomenal book. And uh, I like it because, you know, in each book I've, I've read serves has a different niche. This book has case in point, use case and scenario. Do this and we could do this. Black folks, you, you don't have to do this anymore. You could do this. In this scenario, you could do this. And it gives it's it's a call and answer to different scenarios um, that black people have faced throughout uh, history. And uh, I think it provides an excellent roadmap to um, to to really getting people uh, economically founded, get, really getting black people uh, ec uh, economically founded uh, and, and get their goal posts finally steadied in a way that people can have something to shoot for and also to get their behavior to change. So, yes. I think Bitcoin is absolutely a tool that black folks should be using, should be exploring and understanding because it's not the money of tomorrow. Bitcoin is the money of today. It's happening. You know, you got two countries right now, the C uh, CAR, the Central African Republic, and you have, of course, uh, El Salvador, who, who has adopted this. Um, there's a reason. This is not funny money. This is not Internet toy money. This is something that's real that's being leveraged and, and used uh, for money, for freedom money um all across the world right here right now so I, I, absolutely black people need to use this thing and understand it for sure you know i write a lot of pieces in regards to this topic in regards to you know social injustice and kind of racism and segregation and you know people need to really learn their history and history is super important when you talk about history you do like you know 1862 the homestead act was passed and that was an act that allowed you know white europeans that were in america to get free parcels of land for cheap you know what i mean and, yes, slavery. and slavery wasn't abolished to 1865 so you're talking about a three-year gap that someone had a head start on us millions of acres of land were given away yeah, yeah I, I don't want to cut i i love talking about this um because the, the, you're not going to learn this in traditional history class you have to dig this up I mean, millions of acres of land in the west and the midwest were being given away um to the european uh, uh immigrants um yeah but for the african who was brought here and worked for 244 years against their own will um, we're giving nothing. So it's not like there wasn't a willingness to give. There just wasn't a willingness to give to our African peasants uh, and, and foundational black Americans. You know, it was no uh, willingness to give. Um, and so how does that play out? What are the legacy effects of that? And so I'm going to keep driving that home. Um, you know, Bitcoin is a tool uh, that could be used to set people free. It's a it's an all inclusive tool. And um, you cannot talk about the freedom that Bitcoin provides without talking about the lack there of freedom that so many have not had um, because of the traditional legacy financial systems that um, that the, this United States of America has purposely used 
uh, to keep certain people excluded. And so we have to talk about the legacy effects of that, you know, so that people could be truly free and not wind up uh, repeating some of the things. But um, this is not going to happen overnight, as they say. Um, but I believe that the uh, the universe has a moral curve and it's bending towards justice. And uh, Bitcoin is definitely uh, part of that. Exactly. And, you know, people need to be informed. And me as a writer, that's my role is to inform people like this is all public knowledge that's out there for people to grab if they want to pay attention to it and really yeah. learn their history. Yeah. So, you know, I, I appreciate that, John, that, you know, you've been super unapologetic and you always tie in Bitcoin as freedom money. You tie in yeah. Bitcoin as using this as leverage for disenfranchised communities to kind of get that sovereign wealth and get that generational wealth. So it's super yeah. important. Yeah, it is. It's it's important to talk about these things. Um, you know, people have to know their history, um, but you know, people get uncomfortable with that, and so you, you're in a lot of popular spaces sometimes, and, and people get uncomfortable with that. Oh, why can't we just talk about going forward? Well, uh, the mere fact that you don't want to talk about uh, how we got here says a lot. Of, says a lot um, about wanting to commit to a process of truth and then reconciling. And people love to talk about the reconciliation, but they don't want to talk about the truth on or the need for reconciliation and so um it's important it's important because we want to uplift everyone and you know just for just just not to harp on it but uh anytime you uplift the people who are economically struggling the most you uplift them you uplift people who have been pressed the most um you can look at different pieces of legislation here and there um people level up everyone levels up on on, on top uh, uh, you know, that could be up for debate, but um, uh, there is no doubt that uh, Bitcoin uh, allows from a business perspective, from a personal perspective, it allows people to compete for the um, it allows people businesses to compete for the user experience. Businesses now have to uh, do a little bit different because money is, is, is so decentralized now. And so now we got to build tools and, and, and build businesses around really trying to compete for that user experience. And so Bitcoin does a lot for um, humanity. And um, I wish people would understand it for that. And all it takes is just to do a little bit of research. It doesn't got to be a whole lot. Um, just got to just know a little bit of history and, and, and study money and uh, people will get there. There's a phrase that you always used to say in the clubhouse rooms and on the Twitter spaces, which was, you know, if you want to be a mouthpiece for Bitcoin, you have to be responsible, profound and be held accountable. So I always think about that. And I thought about that when I wrote my book. And my question to you is, is that do you feel that Bitcoin maximalism is affecting Bitcoin adoption? Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, I, I, you know, just first off, man, I, I appreciate your, your, your writing is 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 very helpful. Um, to be able to make things very plain. Your style is, is, is not just eloquent, but it just kind of breaks things down in a digestible format for people to get in and get out and, and get it. And so I, I really can appreciate the way how you articulate um, your thoughts uh, through words. So thank you. Um, your books are amazing. Your writing's amazing. Um, but, you know, stacking sacks being the new black and, um, you know, to your point, to your question, I think, I think people are going to get it um, in time. Um, and, and um, you know, it, it's, it's going to take some time, uh, but I think people will get there. Um, you know, your question is, 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 for me, it's like, will people get it? I think they will. Um, but, you know, I think your question is a good one. People are going to have to do their own research, like how we always say, and jump in and, and, and really try to um, grasp what's really going on. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's important that 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 people really have to really get to a point where they understand um, what's really going on. But people people in the Bitcoin space who are like maximalists, you know, they, they come with this kind of level of toxicity. Um, I think it doesn't really do any good. Um, people have different levels of understanding. People are going to adopt that at different times. And so, uh, you know, I'm a freedom maximalist. I, I, I like to say, you know, whatever you want to do is what you want to do. If you want to learn to mine by mining alternate coins, go ahead. That may be a good lesson for you. That may be a good technical uh, lesson for you to you know, learn more about Bitcoin because, you know, these ASIC miners are, are crazy expensive. So if you want to get into altcoin all mining, um, that's fine. I'm open to that. You know, I'm brave enough to say that. You know, it doesn't make me an altcoiner. It makes me a freedom maximalist. Like, hey, you do what you want to do. That will get you where you need to be. But Bitcoin, understanding Bitcoin, uh, if, you're, if you're doing these things without understanding what Bitcoin is, I, I, I think that's, I, to be quite honest, I think that's dangerous, right? Uh, if, if, if you understand Bitcoin very well and you're mining these altcoins so you could buy Bitcoin, well, that's, well, that's, that's different. And so um, this, this, this maximalism uh, name that, that the Bitcoin community has adopted and kind of hung on to, I, I think it was, first of all, it's a term that was coined by uh, Vitalik um, as an epithet. It wasn't meant for, as a term of endearment. Uh, and, um, you know, people, people adopt it because, you know, it makes them feel good um, when they could shut other people out. And like I said, sometimes you get into these rooms and it's just like, uh, verbal masturbation. Like people are just trying to prove prove how much more intelligent they are to the next person. And it's just like this is not even helpful. Um, but it is what it is. I, you know, uh, I think people who were toxic before they found Bitcoin are going to use Bitcoin as a, a mask to continue their toxicity. It's not going to heal them anyway. It's just going to be that mask uh, for them in whatever that they were in before. So. Um, maximalism, uh, the way how I see it, um, I think it's going to hurt a lot of people because it's going to put a lot of people off. But uh, again, you know, sometimes we're in these, these either clubhouse rooms or these Twitter spaces, which I've backed away from a lot significantly or, or, over the last couple of months. And I've just started doing like one-on-one -on -one talking to people or doing live meetups where I'm talking to live people because these silos can become just that, you know, they can become echo chambers of people trying to impress each other. And it's not the reality. It's like at a certain point, like I've been speaking with people um, in foundry, uh, policymakers in, in foundry in, in, in foundry, and uh, these people are doing tremendous work um, to support this industry, you know, the mining uh, industry. But at, this, at some point you have to meet real. We got to get back to speaking with real people, meeting up and, and getting, as they say, boots on the ground and showing up to support, you know, local legislators and policymakers who are coming up with good legislation to push uh, proof of work mining uh, through where we could really have really good conversation, meaningful, convers honest conversations about um, the, you know, the, the topic of energy and sustainable energy in, in the proof of work mining uh, uh, industry, you know, uh, and so, uh, you know, you got to transition from that, that virtual space and into a real space. And so that's, this is what HarlemBitcoin.com does. It, it provides a space for, for real people who, who want to become civically engaged uh, to do that. Um, and, you know, there's no tolerance for that Bitcoin maximalism that we find in a lot of these spaces that where we're you're speaking to memes. And, you know, um, I've gotten into some really unfavorable back and forth with 
the memes. And I said, you know, what am I doing? I'm talking to someone. I'm talking to a voice who's hiding behind a meme. Like, these are not even real people. Uh, you know, and they tout that they want to be uh, synonymous. Uh, but I doubt that they would act this way and project this way face-to-face uh, -face or, or be able to survive, you know, in their fiat uh, mining pr uh, professions. Um, it, you know, they wouldn't act this way. And so, um, you know, I say all that to say that I, I moved away from the, uh, you know, the Bitcoin maximalism spaces that um, were, to be quite honest, I, I did learn some things. But one thing I did learn is, is not to become uh, so siloed and echo chambered um, where people are just continually, you know, blowing smoke uh, at each other. I have to get down and back to this. Well, I, I think it's all ministry where you're speaking to people and, and helping people. My purpose is to um, give good information to people, to learn as much as I can and spread this, spread this knowledge. And it, it's, it's working. And if you, even if you get one or two people who have that wild moment when you show them how to send money from one wallet to another, um, they don't need to know about cryptography and proof of work mining and all of this. But when they realize that they could own something that actually is valuable, and they could send it back home if they need to to remit a payment, or they could truly be banked uh, in a, a area that is is um, underbanked. This means something because people feel the press of the economic system. They feel it. They don't know what it is or how it happens, but they feel it. And when you show them a different way. Um, out of the kindness of your own heart with no incentive for return, that means something. And people feel that. So, um, yeah. A hundred percent. And, you know, with the maximalism thing for me, it's weird. Like it's kind of 50, 50 for me because I understand Bitcoin. I understand the importance of it. Yeah. And, you know, you see people evangelizing for Bitcoin, but you know, there was a saying that Steve Harvey said where, um, he said that money doesn't change you. It just makes you more of who you already are. So it's like when, when you think about Bitcoin, you think about people that got into the space early 2009, 2010, they kind of have this like conviction where they feel like they have a one up on the rest of society mm. because they got in early. And I just think that it just amplifies who they already were. And I think that you have to take bits and pieces and do your own research. Like for me, a lot of those rooms I can't really handle. That's why I kind of have this podcast, because I'm trying to source real, authentic, everyday people that will show who they are and kind of push to build the community of Bitcoin. So, you know, I appreciate what you're doing and, you know, spaces aren't for everybody. You know, like I said, there's tons of other ways to learn about Bitcoin. Like you can read my writings. You don't have to interact with anyone. You can look at YouTube videos. You can listen to podcasts. So, you know, don't get too taken aback people by Bitcoin maximalism, because that's not the only thing out there that, you know, is in the Bitcoin ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with everything uh, that you said. And, you know, um, hate to sound like an echo chamber, but yeah, there, there's tons of resources out there. And, you know, these Twitter spaces, people don't hang, believe it or not, people, um, Twitter space is, is not for everyone. You know, Clubhouse is not for everyone. People don't learn that way. People don't want to hang out and drop in live audio conversations. People want to meet people. People want to go to a coffee shop. People want to go to a little bit of restaurant, hang out. People want to go, go and interact with people. Um, people want to work out uh, and, and, and go to the park, Central Park, or, or uh, you know, there's plenty of different ways to slip in. That's why when I speak to people, you know, to your point, uh, Dado, you know, you got to meet people like where they are. You know, um, and sometimes I always like to say, you know, if I'm hosting a conversation, I say, hey, listen, you know, where you have a run club or you got a cycling club where you have any type of club, a book club, uh, talk about Bitcoin. See how you could uh, wind that in. If you have a bridge club, uh, you know, I don't know, some type of civic association. These are some of the greatest areas to discuss Bitcoin because people will have a curiosity. 
And people, uh, like I said, everyone has a relationship with money, but do they really understand how it works? Um, and, and once you start examining Bitcoin in a real healthy way, uh, magic happens. People start saying, yeah, yeah, you know, um, yeah, I don't like the fact that um, there's so much inflation. I don't like the fact that I've worked 20 years at, at my profession. I have a pension now and I know 10 years from now, inflation is going to eat up my spending power. Oh, yeah, because everyone can feel that. But how do you combat that? How do you hedge against that? Um, do you own enough real estate? Do you own enough property? And black folks understand these things because there's a ton of very intelligent black folks out there who have done very well for themselves. Um, now all black communities poor and impoverished and living in the projects and, and hurting. No. Um, so this, macro, uh, this maximalism, uh, this toxicity, this, um, you know, I know more than you uh, type of, uh, you know, behavior or position really uh, it speaks to who the person is and just, you know i love that quote by steve harvey it's like money just max it just it just amplifies exactly what you already were and so um you know i'm trying to do this work um you know, we try to partner with good people try to match energy right with people who you know who, who got similar energy and, and, and trying to get this good stuff uh, out there to people if i have something really good i want to share it with everyone you know uh, so uh, this is the mission man just try to get it out there people to use it, get people to understand it, get people to start businesses, get younger people. Part of the mission of Harlem Bitcoin is civic engagement and getting younger people to to really uh, not only just be their own bank, but understand money better and get out there, start a little business. Now you can really start a little lemonade stand or an icy cart and, and really be able to get money and, and, and use it and, and, and store it and have real value. Um, so amazing. Cash App is doing uh, 13 from 13 up now cash app is actually banking uh people uh where you can have a debit card this is tremendous um you have the bitcoin classic uh, bro uh brother yousef uh just pulled off the bitcoin classic up here uh, at the mecca which is of course uh rocker park up in Harlem. um tremendous two-day uh basketball uh tournament um where they gave away over twenty um thousand dollars uh in 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 bitcoin and so you know, but we had in between at the halftime, we actually spoke about Bitcoin to help educate people. And you had uh, Jump Out Girls there. You had uh, Lamar was there. Um, you know, Harlem, Harlem Bitcoin was there. And so um, we're out there trying to to leverage the message of Bitcoin, economic empowerment, cooperative wealth. Um, we're trying to leverage that. Um, Bank Black USA was the first initiative out of larger corporation uh, auspices, uh, uh, Cowrie, um, the Cowrie Initiative stands for a Cooperative Wealth Reinvestment and Empowerment. And that's the legit, that's our 501c3, but Bank Black USA, of course, was just the first initiative to show people um, what that's about. So, you know, I've been kind of, you know, chopping it up, this this, this, this money and, and finance situation for a long time. And, and uh, people have always been using um, their money as a, a as a tool to take control of their uh, environment and take control of their world, if you will. And so um, black people need to understand this. And, um, you know, there are people that are doing it. And Brother Youssef and the Bitcoin Classic, they're, you know, being done in a very powerful way. So I'm uh, just happy to be a part of these movements. And, uh, yeah, man, it's moving. In New York City, if we could do it here, we could do it anywhere. So we're trying to blow it up and, and really make it happen here in the Northeast and particularly uh, New York City. So uh, stay tuned, man. We got a lot coming down the road, my brother. I'm happy to share it. You know, my last question is, you know, speaking about cooperative economics, speaking about banking, my question to you is, is that what advice do you have for African-Americans about banking in the future? Yeah. Oh, man. Man, that's a that's a great question uh, for many reasons, because banking is in this transitional 
area in uh, Sister Naja Roberts doing the Digital Financial Re Revolution tour over 41 cities. Um, man, banking in the future is going to be completely transformed. And uh, I would say banking, traditional banks, legacy payment rails, uh, they're on the losing end right now. Um, and uh, power really wants to concede power. Um, my advice is to learn as much as you can about money. Um, teach your children about, uh, uh, about money. Um, black folks, um, change your behavior. Um, everyone change your behavior. Uh, particularly, um, I'm speaking to black people because we've had a particular relationship with money um, and acquiring money. Um, and, you know, I'm not here to give a lesson. And it's not incumbent upon black folks to teach the world about the particular um, uniqueness of, our, of the black people's experiences particularly with money. But when I speak, uh, I speak to empower uh, the, the population of people who I think I can have most influence over. And as people that look like me, um, who've had similar experiences and are culturally similar. And so my message to black people is start understanding money a little bit better. Start understanding and changing your behavior, changing your time preference. Uh, look down towards the future a lot more. Buy assets, don't buy liabilities. Um, you know, uh, do we really need all those things that we're spending our money on? Um, try to unlearn and relearn money. Um, stop saying to yourself, why well, work hard? I'm going to spend it now. Um, what about your family going down the line? What about your children? Um, I, I often think about, you know, what if I was given a home where I didn't have to pay a mortgage, a multi-family uh, living space? I'd be set for life. I tried to buy a, me and my wife tried to buy a, a building uh, two years ago, um, uh, you know, part of what I love about finding property to buy is that it's hunting down the owners. And I hunted down, if you will, this owner. And she was kind. Um, this bicycle shop, commercial space, the mixed use, commercial space with apartments and above. And uh, her, her grandfather uh, aired this thing down to her father, and her father, of course, gave it to her. The building is paid for. The commercial space, which is local in my area here, is a bike, old bike shop in the area here in Southeast Queens. And uh, it's been vacant for five, six, maybe um, probably close to 10 years. And I was asking her, do you want to sell it? She was like, no, why would I sell it? Uh, my tenants are great. They pay me every month. And why would I sell it? And I said, you know what? I don't blame you. I wouldn't sell it either. And so uh, what if I was able to possess this type of asset where now I was have this, this, this stability um, and pass that on to my children? What type of financial position would they be in if uh, they were born into that type of scenario? Um, very different, very different. The outlook would be, the projection would be a lot different. And so we have to do, uh, we have to learn about what property is, what ownership is, but we have to commit, like I said before, to a process of truth and reconciliation, uh, ownership of property. If you want to really get into it, I don't want to get too deep in the woods here, but you know, anyone who knows about heirs rights and how property was literally taken away, uh, from black people, from foundational black Americans, uh, this is a story that's kind of untold. And so my message as far as the banking and, and, and behavior and finance to black people is know, know your history, change your behavior and start buying some assets. Um, start buying some things that will appreciate in value, buy real estate, buy land, buy things that are truly scarce. Um, even gold, if you want to be a gold bug, be a gold bug, you know, not to wear gold, but to, to understand what that thing is and how it's truly scarce. And so, um, you know, I, I hope this message reaches far and wide uh, uh, in the black community um, that, you know, we need to change our behaviors. 
um, and, and really kind of dig down and, and, and see what is truly valuable, not clothes, not these things that um, the media uh, tells us that is valuable, but things that are scarce. And the creator only created a certain amount of, of, of land. There's only but so much of it. So buy some land, buy, buy, buy some property, buy open land, vacant land, and uh, build on it, learn to farm, learn to grow your food. Um, but particularly in the banking space, learn about money, learn the history, uh, and start understanding how digital money is working is my recommendation for black folks because uh, uh, we're always seem to be last at the table um, when food is being served. So, uh, you know, that's, that's my message. Most definitely. And, you know, I'll put in a last piece in there where it's like, you know, invest in some Bitcoin because you're dealing with something that has absolute scarcity. And the, ba the barrier of entry is so low when you think about, you know, the single family homes going for 40% higher than they did 10 years ago. A lot of black folk don't have the capital to buy into getting their first home. But, you know, you can start with Bitcoin for a dollar on Cash App. That's like owning a piece of digital real estate. That's like owning a piece of digital land per se. So, you know, everything that you're doing, John, is correct, absolute and truthful. And that's why I support everything that you do. That's why I support the Harlem Bitcoin community, um, Bank Black USA, all these things, you know, we've worked together you know, a numerous amount of times. And I'm just super grateful to have you on the Bitcoin source. Um, my last shout out and my last uh, piece on this is, can you give the world, can you give the audience any way for people to get in contact with you and to support what you have going on? Yeah, um, yeah. Th thank you for that. Um, you can get in contact with me, of course, by, by of course, watching the Bitcoin, uh, uh, the Bitcoin source, checking out my man Dadu. He has great content and um, hopefully this will come out soon and, you know, you can find us here. But um, go to bankblackusa.org. Uh, you can find the work that we've been doing there. Um, go to the, um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, John Logan spelled backwards. That's N-A-G-O-L-N-O-J. Uh, John Logan spelled backwards. Um, so, yeah, find me on Twitter. But, of course, um, you know, I'm here and there. You can find us at harlembitcoin.com. And uh, we do meetups all over New York City. And, uh, yeah, find me there. And uh, I'll be around. Hopefully you can have me back sometime. We can have some, some more conversations, bro. Love it. Love, love what you're doing, brother. Thank you. Once again, John, thank you for being on the Bitcoin source. Have a good one. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Peace. Thanks.